What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode number 162, where we will finally get to the Michigan preview for the football season as they take on East Carolina to start the season. But before we talk about East Carolina, we need to talk about this Michigan team and what they're very good at, what are some question marks, and that's where we're going to start with the question marks, and that is... Jim Harbaugh, because for the first three games, Jim Harbaugh will not be coaching in them because of the three-game suspension. Sharon Moore actually just got a one-game self-imposed suspension as well to begin the season, so the offensive coordinator will not be there for game number one, which is against East Carolina. But Jim Harbaugh came out earlier last week and said who's going to coach these first three games. So first game against East Carolina, it will be defensive coordinator Jesse Minter will be the head guy against East Carolina. The following week, which is UNLV, he is actually splitting time between special teams coordinator Jay Harbaugh for the first half, and running backs coach Mike Hart for the second half. And then the third game will be offensive coordinator Sharon Moore will handle the last game as head coach before Jim Harbaugh returns for the Rutgers game. One other interesting thing is that he's bringing his dad along for the first couple of games as the assistant head coach. So his dad will be a coach there for at least the first three games. So Jim Harbaugh's dad will be coaching during those games as well. One thing about this, though, is that Jim Harbaugh can coach during practice. He just can't coach in games. And he was talked about that earlier today. And he's like, it's the first time since like 1984 that he's missed three games, and he basically said it's like taking a sledgehammer to the knee to him. He's not very thrilled about this, and he talked about that in his press conference. He also talked about, and this is what I really want to address because I agree with Jim Harbaugh on this statement. He talked about NIL. He talked about profit, how much the NCAA makes, and he says, this says, quote, is unacceptable and believes college athlete- athletics won't survive in the current format. He also said that they should share the profits, and he doesn't understand how the NCAA, TV networks, conferences, and schools can continue to put in millions of dollars in effort of college students across the country without sharing ever-increasing revenue. Jesse Minter, the defense coordinator, said I couldn't agree more with him. He's proud of the work that Jim Harbaugh and others have been feeling the same. So he's basically saying what the NCAA is currently doing right now is absolutely unacceptable. They're taking a lot of money. They're earning a lot of money off of these student athletes, and they're not sharing that profit. And you got the whole NIL thing, but with how much the NCAA makes from college football and its athletes, he's basically saying, hey, you know what? You need to take some of that money and give it towards the college athletes because guess what? Fans are going to watch college athletes. They're going to go to football games to support these college athletes. And I don't think he's the only one that is arguing this point. I think a lot of coaches are arguing that there should be some profit sharing 
opportunities for these college athletes because they're not going to support the NCAA. They're going to support these kids to watch them play football. So that's really a lot that kind of came out of the press conference that Jim Harbaugh had earlier today. Um, At least from what I'm seeing, he definitely talked about the season as well. Um, This year, Michigan, and I've said over and over, Michigan's going to be very, very good this year. You have your starting quarterback back in J.J. McCarthy. You have your two running backs back with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Looks like Roman Wilson will be wide receiver one. At least that's what it kind of seems like it will be for Michigan this year. You're returning a lot of your offensive line. You have a lot of depth behind them as well for the transfers that they brought in. This Michigan offense, they averaged about 40 points last year. They could easily average that. With how explosive this offense could be, the main question, though, and one thing that J.J. McCarthy did extremely well against Ohio State that he, again, kind of struggled throughout the season is his deep ball. How effective is Michigan going to be able to throw the ball? Because we have seen Michigan's been effective throwing the ball because of Blake Corum, because of Donovan Edwards. But when he had the chance, will J.J. McCarthy hit the deep ball? When he finally started hitting the deep ball, this offense was absolutely electric. And I think another year at Michigan for J.J. McCarthy, I think he's going to continue to improve on that. He's going to have to improve on that, especially once you start playing the better teams in the Big Ten and the better teams in the country. Because guess what? You're going to have to play Ohio State. You're going to have to play at Penn State, which is probably the hardest game of the schedule because Ohio State is at home for you if you're a Michigan fan. They haven't beat you in the last two years. They haven't been very good in adverse situations. So honestly, Penn State's probably the one game I would really watch out for. If they can get past Penn State, Michigan could run the Big Ten table again. Now, I'm not giving up on Ohio State because Ohio State has some absolute beasts on offense, like Marvin Harrison Jr. You also have a couple other wide receivers as well. You have Hartline as your offense coordinator. Ryan Day, I know a lot of people are like, he's overrated. I still think he's a good coach. I think Hartline is probably better than him, at least it seems like it is. But maybe that's a little bit of a hot take. But Michigan's going to be very, very good on the offensive end this season. Now let's go on the defensive end. Michigan already has corner one lockdown. You have Will Johnson, who is one of the best corners in all of college football. Like he is a guy that you can leave out on his own and he's going to shut down your best guy a majority of the time. Like Will Johnson is such a good corner. You also have Again, a bunch of defense alignment that it doesn't even matter who's going to be there. They're going to be productive. Honestly, the biggest kind of question mark for Michigan is who's going to be that cornerback number two. There's quite a few players that could be that cornerback number two, but this is Michigan's best team. Like, you go down the list of starters. You go down the list of the depth chart. This is Michigan's by far their best team under Jim Harbaugh. And it has a mix of leadership. It has a mix of experience. And one thing that was kind of talked a little bit about was J.J. McCarthy wasn't named captain. And 
that was kind of made a big deal for Michigan State fans because when Connor Cook wasn't named captain, Michigan fans kind of made fun of Michigan State and Connor Cook and saying, wow, that's a big deal. Then Michigan State fans kind of returned it back. Some people said that Michigan did not allow non-seniors to get the captainship, but there's been other non-seniors in the past. I think it isn't really a big deal. Like, J.J. McCarthy, you know, is going to be that leader of the offense. It's just what happens at that quarterback position. So I don't think you really have to worry anything about that. So nothing to worry about that, in my opinion. Now let's talk about schedule. Um, Michigan's non-conference is an absolute joke. Uh, Eastern Carolina is probably the best team that they play. So it's going to be interesting that they don't have their offense coordinator or their head coach. I do think Michigan does beat East Carolina quite easily. UNLV is one of the worst teams in the country. Bowling Green is in a great max school. And then you got Rutgers after that. And then Nebraska, Minnesota. So basically, in my opinion, Michigan has... Two, three, maybe four, like, difficult games, to say the least. You got to put Ohio State and Penn State in there. Maryland could be interesting, especially for how good that offense is. They made it interesting last year. And then you got to throw in Michigan State, right? Like, it's at Michigan State. It's going to be a night game or a presumed night game. And it's a rivalry, like, you never know what happens in those instances. So you got to throw in Michigan State there as well. Not saying Michigan State wins that game, but you got to throw that in. And then you got like Nebraska for a new head coach. Don't think they'll do much. Minnesota is not going to be as good. In my opinion, I think Michigan goes 11-1. I think they go 11-1. And honestly, I think there could be a very likelihood that there's two teams tied at the top of the Big Ten. And could come down in a tiebreaker because I think it's going to happen where Michigan's either going to lose to Penn State or Ohio State and whatever happens between those two teams it could change things so definitely going to be something to watch out for by my opinion I think Michigan loses one game this year and depending on how that tiebreaker goes I do think Michigan could be going to a third straight Big Ten Championship game, which, in my opinion, anyone in the East that wins their side of things will win the Big Ten Championship because the Big Ten West hasn't won it in, I don't think, ever. They've never really been competitive. So that's kind of the preview of Michigan football. Going to be very, very good. Kind of stacked on both ends. Don't really have very many question marks, in my opinion. Should be... Three, four, five, something like that. Six in a row, at least, going into a Michigan State game. I would be surprised if they're not. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on with Michigan. Now I want to go to Michigan State because Mel Tucker's been in the news as of late for some statements that he has made. Fans are kind of starting to get frustrated with Mel Tucker at Michigan State. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of these statements that he's made in the past couple of days. And 
One of these statements came from an article written by Graham Couch. One of my favorite writers. I think he's very, very good at his job. He he had a really good written article, and there was a lot of stuff in that article. But the biggest thing that kind of brought traction or brought a lot of people upset at Mel Tucker is his statement about NIL. And he basically went on to say that Michigan State doesn't have enough NIL, that there's teams in the Big Ten spending $12, $13 million worth of NIL. And for a lot of people, this is kind of a different statement than what Mel Tucker was saying. I was listening to Locked On Spartan earlier today, and he did have a good point saying that at first, like, Michigan State was saying that, hey, look at our NIL. Look how good we are at the NIL thing. Come on over. Come check it out. And now Mel Tucker is saying that he needs more. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there because I think if you keep saying NIL is good, I don't think maybe more people will give money. If you're saying NIL is not good and you have people that want to donate for NIL, it might convince more people to join. You're actually seeing a bunch of coaches around college football, at least in the past, that have complained about NIL, either what it is or that their team doesn't have enough. You've also seen players that have signed with colleges that haven't followed through with their NIL, like Texas A&M, and then they go leave somewhere else. So this was definitely an interesting statement by Mel Tucker. Doesn't really necessarily surprise me, but it's kind of interesting to see like how his tone has switched. Was he only saying we have good NIL to get players to come in to take a look at Michigan State and it wasn't really ever good? Is Michigan State going to be able to compete with other schools? Honestly, I have no idea. But it's definitely something that's kind of been a hot topic around Michigan State fans. The other hot topic is the press conference that Mel Tucker had earlier today. And there was one statement that made, again, a lot of people frustrated. I don't necessarily say angry, but this isn't something that Mel Tucker hasn't ever done before. Like, this is Mel Tucker to a T. And... I think fans are probably angry, probably upset because of last season. I think a lot of people are ready for the season to start, so they're trying to find ways to stay entertained. But basically when it came to kind of the starting quarterback position against Central Michigan, Mel Tucker basically said, we will see who runs out there on the field first. Which some fans made a joke saying, oh, is it going to be a sprint between Kane Hauser and Noah Kim to see who gets in the huddle first and whoever gets in the huddle first gets the starting job? I honestly wouldn't really put me past Mel Tucker to do that, just to kind of push back a little bit. Don't think he will. But again, Mel Tucker is one of the most secretive coaches Michigan State has ever had, at least in a while. Like, D'Antonio was kind of secretive, but like, he at least said specific things. Like, we knew years and years ago when a guy was going to be the guy, right? Like, a couple years ago, you had Connor Cook that was the second guy. 
that should have been the starters. And basically, Mark D'Antonio said, no, like, this is our guy. Like, we're going to keep with our guy. And then, turns out, later that season, Connor Clark was the guy. So, this is different, though. Mel Tucker has always been very, very secretive. And I think that was interesting that the Big Ten did, was they passed um, a rule that you have to release... I think depth charts, so you have to release information like two hours, two or three hours before the game. And Mel Tucker never used to do that. So I'm assuming he's going to release it because that's a new rule. But one person basically said that I saw a comment said, I can't wait for Mel Tucker to do like the playoff hockey lineups where like there's a bunch of players hurt and they never know, but at least you release a lineup. I could see Mel Tucker, like, doing, like, for a depth chart, like, this person or this person, for, like, a lot of them. Or maybe even all of them. Like, that would not surprise me for him not to name anyone until that first team runs out on that field. With that being said, though, I do think we see probably all three quarterbacks in the first game for Michigan State versus Central. But I'll talk more about that this coming week, probably Wednesday or Thursday before the games actually start, where I'll give my prediction kind of what's good, what's bad for Michigan State and Michigan and where they should be able to dominate. So we'll talk about that later this week as well. But before the podcast wraps up, I do want to talk about one thing. And this was one of the coolest moments that the Tigers have had in many, many years. It was... A game against the Astros. It was three to one, I believe, or something like that. They were down by two runs. Bottom of the ninth came down to last strike. Miggy hits a single. Then I believe Veerling gets on, and it brings up Parker Meadows, and he's never had an RBI. He's never had a home run. He he was waiting for that opportunity and he walks off for his first career MLB home run and first career MLB run. It was absolutely incredible. Like he crushed that ball. Like it was one of the coolest moments that the Tigers or any, honestly, any Detroit team has had in a long time. Like, it was so fun. And then turns out the Astros get angry and absolutely destroy the Tigers in the next two games. But last game, Miguel Cabrera hit number 510 for home runs, which was really cool in a game that they lost by 14 runs. But that was a really cool moment for Parker. Awesome moment for his family as well. What a great game, though. Like, I was watching that, and... That was just an awesome, awesome moment. So super happy for him. Great experience for the Tigers. And last thing is, there was a pretty cool moment between Miguel Cabrera and Justin Verlander. Went one-on-one in the game yesterday for probably the last time. Tipped their cap to each other. And yeah, really cool moments. So great to see. But yeah, that's really kind of it for the week well not week but until later this week because college football is back 
right? We had college football week zero last week. Wasn't really any very close games that week. But we got Michigan. We got Michigan State. We got D3. We got D2 as well this week. So later this week, probably Wednesday or Thursday, I'll be talking about college football in the state of Michigan. We'll talk about Michigan. We'll talk about Michigan State. We'll probably get some Division three action, get some Division two action as well. So college football is almost here. So tune in to that as well later this week. But... Appreciate all your support. Continue to let people know about the podcast. Would love to have more people on as well. But yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 162. Tune in to the next episode.